1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Damn these Biloxi blues It happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine They're sorry suckers, man Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind Take all your money Run off with your girlfriend Probably out Fake story Sick This highway Does not know my name And I don't care Could Just don't even care Don't care Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spade. Right to the hook, right here. It's kind of a hook. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just, just enough gas to keep there. Low budget live, not so live from the LBL Bar and Grill and rainy old. Southern Middle Tennessee. I don't know if y'all can hear that rain dropping on the tin roof of the LBL Bar and Grill here, but it is a it's a nice sound. It makes me a little sleepy, you know. Especially I've uh, been running running wild. Got in late last night, so that rain on that tin roof's like makes me want to go to sleep. But we have things to talk about. We got things to do, and I'd like to welcome all you low lifers, the listeners of Low Budget Live. What they call themselves. If you're just tuning in for the first time ever, and you're like, "What's what's a low lifer? Low lifer are the loyal, loyal, faithful, and and some of them are not as faithful, but they listen anyways, and they're all branded low lifers, whether they like it or not. They're the listeners of the Low Budget Live podcast, and this is the podcast for Monday, October fourth, twenty twenty one. Yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been crazy. I, I ran up. Had the MPFL, had to go to Wisconsin. I wasn't actually at Grand Lake. It was in the studio. We've got our studio there in Appleton, Wisconsin. Freaking awesome setup, man. Like, it is uh, everything with the league ex- exceeded my expectations, and our studio is no different. Of course, we've broadcast from the events so far until Winnebago, and we were right there at the studio in Appleton, Wisconsin, so we did the thing there. Came off without a hitch. It's it's. There's a reason that Bass certainly they they stopped broadcasting remote. There's a reason MLF does that, and and uh, you're gonna see more of that next year. I'm gonna be in studio a lot more up there in Wisconsin, and 
enjoyed it. Enjoyed the hell out of it. We got a great crew, man. Zach Visser, shout out. Visser, our producer, director extraordinaire, directing us on what to do all the time. One of the coolest cats I've ever been around. And uh, it's a good time up there. But left Tennessee on Tuesday, flew up there. Flew back late last night, I'm recording this on Sunday. When you're listening, I will be casting on Smith Lake for that Bassmaster Open. So running, you know, running, uh, burning it on both ends like always. And got in last night about midnight. Was going to practice today on Smith. It's just a washout thunderstorm. So I'm going to do a little podcast. Spend some time with the fam. Get up early in the morning. Got about a two-hour drive to Smith. So going to leave about four in the morning. And uh, just, just running crazy, man. And I got to tell you, uh, you know, travel right now is so just, it's just unbelievable, air travel. And I, and I haven't flown a ton. It's so strange. And y'all know me, man. I talk about all the stuff going on with this COVID deal, but it's so strange sitting in an airport and hearing announcements that are like, federal law bad dates that you should have a mask on or you go to jail. Like, it's odd. Like, it's an odd feeling, man. It's, uh, it's like we're in a movie. And I, you know, whatever. I, I'll do whatever to fight this craziness, that's for sure. But it is a little weird hearing that, right? It is certainly weird. But the, but more strange than that <laughs> was uh, on my way up there, and, dude, I tried to video this and couldn't pull it off. But you know those walk, those moving sidewalks? It's got the line down the middle. You get on the right, it says stand. On the left is walk. Move past people. They they people movers. You know people movers. They get they get you, they get you going. And the Detroit airport is gigantic. And you go you land at C terminal, and then you got to go to Z terminal to get on your next connecting flight. And so I'm making my way and busting busting butt getting through there. And I'm on one of those things, and this guy comes. He, he's there, and he's got his little schnauzery looking service dog, right? And I'm a dog guy, y'all know that. But there's dogs everywhere in the airport. I they they let me load old goose up and put a service service dog vest on him. They ain't no airport ever gonna be the same. Because Goose gonna he's gonna pee on everything in there, first of all. He's gonna jump on everybody in there. He's not a he's not a well-behaved dog. Most most of the service service dogs are. And there are legit service dogs, and then some people just get their little their little critters certified so they can travel with them in their cute little bags and all that like they're the kardashians and that's fine but this guy had this dog on a leash and this only this kind of this kind of stuff happens to me i feel like i witness a lot of stuff like this in life and i'm grateful for it because then i get to tell you fine people about the low lifers but it's got this little thing on the leash and oop. oh oh i called the dog rick i don't know what his name was but rick decides just to it's it's time. He's on that walking thing. He's like, you know what? There are humans on this. Doesn't matter. They're trying to get to where they're going right now. It's where I'm going to drop a deuce. And bro, he just fires away. <laughs> right that right there. I'm moving. They're standing. The dude's got the leash. He's behind the dog. Dog just does it right there. I appreciate that kind of freedom. Homeboy has his, like, a magazine. He's been to the Hudson News. He's got him a Sports Illustrated. I don't know. He goes to grabbing dog crap off of this thing with the back. As I slide by, I was laughing, and I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. I was laughing so hard that my ribs still hurt from that instance. And, and uh, you know, I, I think 
I think life can be summed up like that, right? Sometimes, sometimes you're the dog and sometimes you're the moving walkway. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> it was incredible, incredible. And I had the phone up doing an Instagram. I was trying to do an Instagram story, do something stupid. Those are all these flashing lights and it's, it's cool there. And then this, this happens and I'm trying to flip the camera around and then I scooted right past the dog and his doo-doo real fast. <laughs> it's just incredible, man. It's incredible. So shout out that guy. Shout out that guy. The, one of the other cool things that happened in the airport, I was coming back through yesterday from Wisconsin. You know, you're all tense at security. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. And you're all masked up and everybody's tense. And I get to the to the young man that you hand your license to. He scans it and he says, hey, you got to pull your mask down. But it's not because I don't know who you are because I'm a low lifer. What's up, Luke Duncan? Dude, made my whole freaking week. It was awesome. He's like, why are you in Wisconsin? I thought MPFL was at Grand. I explained our studio was there. We had a conversation. Of course, there's a lot of people behind me. I slowed down security, and I'm cool with that. But he was like, dude, I watch it. So I didn't get his name because he was doing his job. So if you're watching, you're the man, security guy, out there keeping us safe from them terrorists. And, uh, you know, he, he it was cool. It was cool. They let me. I had some baits that I would bought up there at a tackle store, and they let me slide on through with hooks. And, I mean, I didn't have fillet knives or anything like that. So... Really shouldn't, but I, I've been shook down for less, that's for sure. But uh, shout out, shout out to the Appleton, Wisconsin uh, TSA lowlifer. That's something I never thought I would say. Very, very cool. Something else that's cool is that people care enough about this podcast to sponsor it, and so we are going to give them a shout out, the proper shout out right now, the folks from Starbright, Startron, kicking ethanol in the teeth and bringing you low-budget live and low budget live, not so live for going on four years now. Put it in your weed eater, especially now. It's October. I was up north. That weather's coming. Winter is coming. Everybody up there getting prepared. They're getting their last bit of summer in out on the lakes a little later than normal from what they were telling me in good old Wisco up there. But if you're going to store your boat, if you're switching seasons, if you're if you're going to go hunting more than fishing and that boat's going to sit for three weeks and you've been running gas with ethanol in it, you better get you some Startron drop it in your tank. This bottle will treat 256 gallons. Don't buy that ethanol-free gas. It's stupid. Right here. Get you some of that. It's available basically everywhere. Startron will help you. Every time you go to hit that key, start it's going to help you. When you're running, it's going to help you. When you go to store, it's going to help you. Start, run, store. Start trying. We appreciate them bringing you low budget life. The folks at Sims, I'm all Sims'd up today, man. Just rolled out of bed to do this. So, pajama. I actually did sleep in this. I'm not going to lie. But it's super soft because it's Sims. It's comfortable. So, you can wear it on the water. You can wear it. You can wear it to bed. You can wear it to bed. I got the Sims hat to cover my bald head up. We talked about that last week. But Sims... I've been loving all the Sims gear this year. The Pro Dry rain suit, going to get to wear it a lot at the open this week, looks like, from the forecast. Of course, they haven't had rain in like three weeks. And bring the old open to town and you'll get it. So I'm going to spend a lot of time with my Sims gear this week. My Sims rain boots and probably a uh, Solar Flex shirt on under all that, hoping that I don't sweat because it's going to be like in the 70s and 80s while it's freaking pouring rain this week at Smith Lake. But Sims wants me to remind all of you lowlifers, you get one life, fish it well. And we're going to try to do that this week. Pro Guy batteries, powering up that Express X21. 
got them pro guide lithiums. We're going we're gonna to move and shake with them down there this week at Smith Lake. You can use code LBL10 to get yourself 10% off of those new lithiums, or you can get that 31 series AGM that I've been running this year too. I run it for a cranking battery now, but awesome trolling motor batteries as well. If you don't want to spring for those lithium, they're just a little heavier than the lithiums, just a little different, but they've got both for you. LBL10, a lot of you low lifers have been utilizing that this year, and I really appreciate you. And last, but certainly not least, hang the banner. My best friend for the week, my Express X21 with that Yamaha 250 show. It's all C-decked up. It's power poled up. It's garmined up. We're ready. We're ready to go try to catch some Smith Lake fish, man. It's, uh, it's such a machine. I posted a picture this week. <laughs> I finally got in trouble in it. A little bit too far up a creek and got it wedged, literally wedged. And it took me, I mean, a while. I, I got her stuck pretty good, but I, I got stuck on the trolling motor. That this creek ended, and the boat, the tw- it's twenty one feet of fury, ninety six inch beam, and I could have used about two less feet <laughs> in this situation because I pegged her, son, trying to turn around, wedged in the bank, couldn't trim the motor down, couldn't trim the motor up any higher. It's stuck in a mud bank. The bow's up in a treetop. It was not, and I, I, I'll be honest. Didn't really know what I was going to do for a little bit. I had her stuck, had the trolling motor pulled up, and man, we were we were pinned. But finally, uh, got a push pole, did some finagling, did some moving, shaking, and got the X twenty one out. But the problem is, it floats so shallow that I got over a bar, and then I could see a deeper pool, and I caught a good a good fish in there, um, running around checking out some stuff for Smith. But I caught a good one back there on a buzz bait, and I was like, oh man. But then I got stuck. So I don't know if it's somewhere I'm going to visit in the tournament because I could see deeper water. I'm like, man, if I can just get up there and make a cast. Well, I did, and I caught one. Then I got then I got wedged. So uh, trying to go a little further, I could see some current coming through these rocks. I'm like, hmm, got to get up there and make a cast. Nope, couldn't. Um, so the <laughs> uh, Express will get you in trouble. It'll get you in trouble. We got a, we got a dinged-up Yamaha prop lot this year. Uh, they may not be any paint on the bottom of that thing, but I like to send it in that old Express. And, of course, you know, with the sea deck, I talked about it last week. Fingers healing up from the brush sinking incident. I almost snipped her right off there. But, uh, you know, leaves everywhere, mud everywhere from sinking brush. And take that thing to the car wash, spray it off the sea deck. It's, it's ready to go. So super impressed with that express. Y'all hear me run my mouth about it all the time. But thanks to them for being the official boat of LBL and the Traveling Circus. And hopefully the Bassmaster Open champ this week. Damn, that would sound good, wouldn't it? I've only got a Jesse Wiggins and Jordan Wiggins mountain to climb on that and about 225 other guys that are incredible to have a lot to say about that. We're going to go down there and mix it up. Express Boats, building excitement since 1966. All right, let's jump in. Let's jump in. We got a uh, we got a fun one today. MPFL, man, it's all about MPFL today. Thank you to everybody that watched us. I had my brother, Fat Cat Newton, in the studio with me. He did an absolutely just incredible freaking job. Dudley had a conflict last minute, and Fat Cat was in Oklahoma to be on the water, drove from Oklahoma up to Wisconsin to meet me, had never been in studio, and there's a lot that goes on in that. It might seem simple, but it's, it's uh, it's it's a feat. To pull it off, man, and uh, he did great, 
It was a little different than what he was used to this year. He's been killing it all year on the water, man. I'm so proud of that dude. Uh, and proud of everybody in the league and what we've accomplished this year. But Fat Cat killed it. But then we called in. We called in somebody that was close to Grand Lake when they made the decision to put Fat Cat in the studio with me. James Watson worldwide did the on-the-water commentary this week, and he absolutely just slayed it. Of course, if you watched, you know he's he's hilarious. He's got a lot of great insight, especially on those those lakes up there in that part of the world. He's, he's spent so much time up there and uh, gave himself the nickname Skinny Dog. So next time you comment on anything James Worldwide Watson related, call him Skinny Dog because he's like stealing Fat Cat's lines, and he's like, well, from the Fat Cat, I'm the Skinny Dog. So Watson's always fun, but such a great, just smooth week. Really couldn't have gone any better, man. We, You know, no technical difficulties. And with live, you're always just kind of waiting on the next one. I'll be honest, because you just never know, man. There's just so much that could go on between cameras and, and mics. We had a uh, we had stormy weather yesterday during the day for about an hour. It's crazy. Those guys got nailed by a gigantic storm. But uh, awesome, awesome week. And uh, like I said, just proud to be a part of it. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. I saw some uh, new folks this week commenting on my social, sending me messages. It was their first time watching. And I asked you guys on here last week, and I told you, if you hadn't been paying them attention, you need to start because next year, full field. You know, they didn't fill the field this year. It was new. And uh, and look, man, nobody was giving them a chance. Nobody was giving them a chance. There, there, there are guys that still like to make their – stupid comments about it's the easiest tournament trail and it's this that and the other and i can tell you right now i've been around bass fishing tournament bass fishing i was 12 years old 38 years old man so 26 years of just being in it obsessed with it i've been around these dudes this year they're for real they're for real you know uh of course in every tournament trail you're gonna have guys that catch them and guys that they that don't look at the flws look at the Bassmaster opens look at the freaking elite series look at bpt there's always the haves and the have nots and we've got both. But I'm going to say this. You want to win AOI, you want to beat Keith Carson, you better bring it. You better freaking bring it. You want to win one of those shields and boys are holding up, you better bring it. You better bring it. And, and everybody that won, everybody that made the top 25, they freaking earned it. And if you're not paying attention or you're a naysayer, you're going to watch next year, I bet, at some point. You're going to turn it on. And uh, it's been awesome to be a part of it, man. Awesome. There, there's so many. It's like this – I saw so many guys emotional on stage thanking them for providing this opportunity, and that's all I need to know, that I'm, I'm a part of the right thing, right? Not a lot of pissing and moaning, not a lot of bitching. Guys standing on stage emotional thanking the ownership for having this league. That trumps any negative comment. That trumps any doubt anybody's got, man. The MPFL is here to stay. It absolutely has a place in bass fishing. We all wondered, myself included. It's certainly got a home. And I want to thank Brad Fuller, Michelle Fuller, Al McCullough, and Paul Benson for giving me an opportunity to run my mouth and be a part of it. Because, man, it is a huge part of my life. Those folks are family now. Fat Cat Newton and I are like brothers. I've enjoyed having Double D, David Dudley, by my side this year. And, and uh, you know, 2022 is going to be awesome. We kick off in March next year, and it's it's going to be a fun, fun, fun ride. So thanks to all the new NPFLers that showed up, and uh, and for those of you that have watched all of them this year, man, thank you. Thank you. Uh, some some other takeaways. This is something that I, I want to say, 
and we've got, and, I, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because it doesn't deserve a lot of time. Uh, these folks certainly give themselves <laughs> their own amount of time, and they've got big audiences and whatever. Uh, and we've got guys that that actually catch them and are great anglers that deserve more credit. And we're fixing to interview two of them. But I want to say this. I want to say this because I've been one of these people, and I've been this guy this year. I do a fishing podcast to talk about a lot of other things, but something I've talked about a lot that's a common theme and the narrative that's shifting in fishing is YouTubers versus pro fishermen. And it started with the Guggen squad a few years ago, right? It did when they came in and everybody hated them. And then, and then you know, then all of a sudden all turned and everybody hated YouTubers. Pro fishermen hated YouTubers and YouTubers hated pro fishermen. And then all of a sudden pro fishermen wanted to be YouTubers and YouTubers wanted to be pro fishermen. And there's one thing I can say. Pro fishermen, if they can get their crap together and good edits and different things, they can be popular on YouTube. YouTubers can't be pro fishermen. Period. End of story. They simply, in my experience, what I've dealt with this year and what I've seen, there's been a few that have dipped their toes in and there are some that are really good anglers, but there are some that played good anglers to build their empires. And when it comes out in the wash, are exactly angling ability wise what most people think. And we've seen that. We've seen that. Um, tournament fishermen don't leave events. Because they don't catch a bass. Tournament fishermen that are diehards don't blame the lake or the organization for going to lakes that don't set it up on a tee for you to be successful. Not everything's a pond. Not everything's a Wednesday on a lake with nobody else around. And I think the reason that we don't see more of these guys that, you know, biggest Fish ever caught on a blah, blah, blah. Biggest five fish stringer ever recorded. The reason we don't see those guys show up in tournaments is because their egos can't handle the ass whippings that will be dished out by guys that don't give a shit about views, that don't give a shit about clickbait, but know how to catch a bass on a tough fishery. And that's what we saw this year. Especially on MPFL. That's what we saw. And I don't want to give that a lot of time. But, uh, but, but you know, if you're a tough guy and if you are, uh, you know, a, a guy that, that relishes being, you know, a tough guy persona, and, but you're going to let a tough bass fishing tournament send you home? Don't tell me you're a pro fisherman. Don't try to be a pro fisherman. But that's why you don't see more of them. I, I, that, that is, that is my, one of my biggest takeaways of the year. There's a reason. There's a reason. And look, I just get to run my mouth about it now. I did not compete on the FLW Tour like I wanted to. So save the comments. That's fine. I'm very content in the fact that I get to run my mouth for part of my living commentating bass. It is my dream. It is my dream. I'm still fishing some, but I never competed at the level I wanted to with those guys. I took my shots, but I didn't take enough of them. That's why I'm sitting right here today. That's why I'm not out there mixing it up. 
in the Bassmaster Elite Series. Those guys are a different breed. They're a different breed. So, you know, I, that is a common theme on this podcast. I've talked about it a lot. So I just want to I want to stamp it at, and maybe one of these days, one of them will prove me wrong, but I don't think so. And that's no shade or disrespect. Honestly, I am super respectful of what they've accomplished. But don't dip into that world. Don't bring your ego bullshit to that world and try to act like that's what that's that's where you belong because it's it's just not true. Because guys like Keith Carson will kick your teeth in. It just happens. 200 boys you ain't never heard of in the Opens will kick your teeth in. 200 boys in the Toyotas that you ain't never heard of will kick your teeth in. It's what happens. It's just the reality of it. You have to be obsessed with tournaments. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. There's a lot of great educational YouTube channels out there in the fishing world that do have great anglers. Tactical bass, those do. But they do what they do. Could they dip over into the termosite? I don't know. I don't think they care. But I think you got to be careful if you decide to be one of them crossovers. You better get you some damn help. You better get you some more coaching. Because it ain't easy. It ain't easy at all. That is for sure. All right. Text our guest here. Our first one. Who's a real one? Who's a real angler? A real tournament guy? He just won Angler of the Year and arguably one of the craziest finishes in pro-fishing history, in tournament history. You know, when we're on the live, we, we try to build up drama. What could happen, this, that, the other, when a guy's blowing out a tournament? Or when a guy's blowing out those Angler of the Year standings, something like that. And Brandon Perkins from Tennessee had a 23-point lead yesterday after day two over Keith Carson in the Angler of the Year race. His day started very weird. He had a lot of things going on, losing fish, breaking fish off. Crazy. Crazy. Just had this weird feeling about it, this weird vibe. On his way back, on his way back to Wolf Creek yesterday on Grand Lake, his shift actuator went out on his Mercury, and he sat there in the pouring rain and was 11 minutes late, zeroed. Keith Carson was able to go five spots ahead of him, finish 13th in the tournament, beats Brandon Perkins for AOI. Keith, who was late at Pickwick by a few minutes to cost him the Angler of the Year lead, Going into stop number five at Winnebago, Keith comes back to win Angler of the Year. He won, just like Perkins won this year, won our second event down at Wright Patman. I was on an airplane flying home. I land, my phone melts. People like, dude, you're not going to believe what just happened. Keith Carson takes it. We, I felt like crap, dude. We'd called it all day long. We didn't have a camera on Keith yesterday. He wasn't in our top 10. We, we give the top 10 anglers cameras. Bryant Smith from California, a, a young man you need to look up, finished third in our angler of the year. We're going to have Brian on 
here in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. But Bryant, he was in our top 10 yesterday, but he was the third place AOY guy, so he got a lot of love. Brandon Perkins, we were with a ton yesterday, but we didn't have a camera on Carson. And, and I, you know, in hindsight, I wish we had of because he had a great day, moved up in the standings, and freaking took home. We had a golden shield made trophy. It's freaking cool. He took it home, man. So right now, we're going to check in with him. He's on his drive home, long drive from Oklahoma to Florida, Mr. Keith Carson. Hey, man. What's up, buddy? Oh, not much. I was hey, just headed headed home. You got the you got the crest liner in tow, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. It's rolling. I got a I had a, a pretty bad blowout during practice. I saw that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a new tire and it's rolling good again. What? Have you got all the mud off of it? You sent me a picture. This morning, you said, you think I was fishing shallow and you have mud in your live wells. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like, there's like an inch of silt and mud down there. I can't believe it. It's like I was fishing so shallow. I guess every time the aerator kicked on, it was just sucking mud in there. Uh, it's pretty disgusting. That's, a, that's amazing, <laughs> man. Do you ever, and I feel like this is a generic question, but do you ever not fish really shallow? Yeah, I mean, so I caught one of my keepers on day two. I caught out in like maybe six feet, seven feet water. <laughs> Deep water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now maybe it's like eight feet out of them. But uh, yeah, no, I try. I try going out there, but with the way, like just how my mind works and how I've learned fishing, I'm, I'm a real target-oriented guy. Like if when I'm casting, if I'm not throwing at a specific target, I feel aimless. Yeah. And when I feel aimless, then I don't catch anything, you know? And, um, now that, now that is true for everything except smallmouth. I can, I love smallmouth fishing offshore like that. That's different. But, you know, as far as it comes to largemouth, I don't know. I just can't do the whole, you know, <laughs> I need to be casting at something. I, I totally get that, man. I, I'm, I grew up, you know, Tennessee River, offshore fishing some, but I'm a, I'm a bank beater. I, I like to have something to throw at. And I feel like with that, my confidence goes up, and I feel like I can get a bite anytime. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if I've got to force something to try to get bit, I've got a better shot up there throwing at something. I'm just, my confidence goes through the roof. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, like, let's say, you know, throughout a scenario, say they're not biting, and I'm going down the bank. And every time I make a cast in my head, I'm like, okay, maybe on this dock and maybe on this log and, you know, maybe on this rock pile. That's maybe. right. And in my head, that's what I'm saying. But when I'm offshore, you know, I'm like, it's like maybe over here, maybe there. And then you just don't know. You feel like you're guessing. And when I feel like I'm guessing, I'm, you know, I'm done. I'm not going to catch anything, you know. Did so. you, uh, John Cox called it at the first of the year. He said you would win Angler of the Year. So shout out John Boy. And yeah. and I agreed with him. I agreed with him. And I and dude last night I was on the plane. So I we were in studio in Wisconsin. So I missed the hell out of you guys this week. And I hated to not be there to hug your neck and, and get a selfie with the with the AOY winner. Uh, like I've been fortunate to do every tournament, be there with the champ and and I I flew from Wisconsin over to Detroit and I was to the like the top I was to fifth place, I think, in the way in, and then we we took off. So I missed it, which killed me. And uh, the Ooh. timing of it just sucked. And 
I miss the whole thing, and I land an hour later, and my phone has melted in half. We had gone what? off live assuming that Perkins had won AOI. Of course, right. we play up the scenarios. This can happen, this can happen, this can happen. We saw you sneaking up that leaderboard and coming back closer and closer and closer all day to the top 10. In fact, Cat and I kept saying, hey, we're showing these top 10 standards, but look, Carson's right here. If something happens or if Carson keeps on cat, like this is going to get interesting. It's going to get right. very interesting. And we had set it up, but then we go off at 1 p.m., those guys didn't check in till 5 p.m., so we don't know. We have, we, we're radio silent just like the fans are from 1 to 5. We, we might hear something from a camera guy, but for the most part, we, don't, we truly do not know. Uh, and, wow. and for next year, I absolutely want to change that because I hate it. <laughs> like I do, I, we, we keep up with it all day, and we're so in tune, right? And then for those last few hours when we go offline, we don't uh, – most of the time I'm as a surprise like Sheldon day one. He had 14 pounds when we went off live at two. He comes in with 19. He made two huge calls after live, which I'm still calling him out. I think he was going to some sneaky juice. He didn't want on camera. <laughs> oh, that could have been. Yeah, the yeah. first – because he did it day two. Is he, Yeah, he did it day two as well. But So I land, and Fat Cat – I mean, truly, I bet I had 40 texts from him. He's like, bro, Carson is a oh, I'm screaming in the hotel. I'm going to get kicked out. Freaking dude, we we missed it. We didn't even know, like, we missed it all. He's going crazy. And I'm like, are you messing with me? But I, <laughs> and he wouldn't reply. So I got on Instagram to see if we had posted anything about it. And the first post I see is John Cox congratulating you. And dude, it got to me. It gave me chills. I was so, I thought, man, these guys are brothers. That was so cool. He was the first dude I saw on social media to congratulate you. Yeah, it, that's awesome. John. He's my best friend. We've been, you know, friends since we were little kids. And, you know, I, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for him. You know, he pushed me. You know, I you know, I think a lot of you guys know, you know, we neither of us come from fishing families. Mm -hmm. Our families don't understand our passion for this sport. So, you know, as we were kids, you know, we'd go fishing. And, and um, a lot of times our family members were like, you know, what are you guys doing? Go to college. Go get a job. You know, we just we just kept fishing, and uh, you know, and 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 I and I tried that route. You know, I went and got a job, and, and John would always push me, like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> you know, he's like, "You're you're you know, he's like, you're so good, like you're you're the best fisherman I know, and uh, you know, you you need to be fishing." And, and honestly, I, you know, I mean, it's his words have changed my life for the better, and um, it, it's just crazy. I can't believe it. And John Cox is one of the best fishermen that most people in the United States know. And for him to give yeah. you that yeah, nod, that's, that's incredible, man. And I, and listen, coming into this year, I called it, you know, everybody's like, nobody, we don't know any of these guys, at the MPFL. And I'm like, well, you, well, you need to get to know them, but a name you're going to need to get to know was Keith Carson, because you won that last open last year, but I had known you through John had kept up had seen what you were doing down in Florida had seen what you had done regionally and I knew this was going to be a special year for you, man. And I, I am so proud uh, for our inaugural season, first ever MPFL AOI, dude. Like, nobody's more deserving or fitting than you, man. I, I'm super proud that uh, you hoisted that golden shield. So now you got two of those big-ass trophies. <laughs> like, you know, it's oh. down to split-second decision. Like, you know, the in there, so... I, 
I think I think you cut out there for a second, but uh, what would you say was the key for you throughout the season? Did you have one bait that carried you through? Was it keeping an open mind? What would you say led to your first ever angler of the year? Uh, well, it was a big combination of things. I mean, definitely the, uh, you, you know, the Berkeley, uh, a couple Berkeley baits, the wind-up's good. The Fritzite 5 has helped me a lot. Uh, I pick up that Fritzite 5 when I need some keepers. Sometimes just catching keepers, you know, can help keep your mind in it. But um, most of all, I would say it is having an open mind. I would say it's, um, you know, not getting stuck on what happened in practice and fishing in the moment. You know, you know, we hear that term a lot. And I thought about it, you know, in last night and this morning. And it, fishing's a crazy sport because we fish in terms of seconds and minutes. You know, you can catch yes. a big bass and put it in the boat in 10 seconds or lose a big bass That's in right. 10 seconds. And that can change your year. And it's crazy that a year, that a few seconds can be affected uh or it's crazy to you know decisions that you make in a few seconds can affect your entire year and so you know it's like yeah I, it, so here i'll give you this example this happened yesterday i we had a terrible storm coming through awful at around 10 really bad around <laughs> yes. 10 45 and i was fishing up a creek and i was about three miles from from the bridge there um and uh there was a dock right next to me and I was going to fish to the last minute, and I kept telling myself, all right, I'm going to go in that dock. I saw that it had an empty slot, and I was like, I'm going to go in that dock when the storm hits. And right as the storm was hitting, something told me, don't go to the dock, go to the bridge, because I could fish the bridge while I'm, you know, but if I fish the dock while it's storming, I'm not going to catch anything. You're stuck. stuck on one dock. And so something said, go to the bridge. So I went to the bridge, and I tied off to a piling, and actually, I actually got out, and I hit up under the bridge because it was so bad for a second there and then as soon as the wind calmed down a little i started fishing and i caught a keeper immediately wow and then i caught caught three more like back to back no kids uh, see we needed a camera with you right there that's awesome yeah and it's like that split second decision of you know just trying to be you know trying to keep an open mind like hey i'll probably catch more off a bridge than the dock and and that decision you know was part of what helped me win aoi that that's it's, it's just crazy because yeah. one place in the standings you don't win if you finish exactly. 14th in the event you don't take it home right right unbelievable like, man every single fish every decision matters and you know the other thing too with aoi is it's it's like the one thing that you can't think about all year if yes. you focus on aoi you'll never get it you know you have to focus on that moment and the second of that day and then maybe you'll get it at the end of the year if you're lucky. Oh, it's crazy. And and I remember talking to you after Pickwick, and you were two minutes late there, and you thought, man, that's going to come back to bite me. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I, that was haunting me all day yesterday. I was like, that's it. You know, the two minutes at Pickwick, two-pound penalty, cost me nine places and nine points. And I was like, for sure, that was it. And then, come to find out, then Perkins came in late yesterday. Unbelievable, he, man. He, he kind of, yeah, so it's like, wow, you know, both came in late. He was just, he was a little bit more late than I was. So. And, <laughs> and you had a four-point deficit coming in. You finished five spots ahead. I mean, it's just, it's it's so crazy how it worked out. And both of you guys, look, man, you got to win. 
he got a win there at home at Pickwick. But you've all – I mean, all of you guys in our top ten, we have had, you know, no knock on Seth Fighter and the Bass Elite AOI. Seth blew it out this year, right? You know, it wasn't much of a race coming down the stretch. But for us, we were so fortunate that we have four or five dudes, six dudes, duking it out pretty much since you follow. I mean, right. it's or, – or right, Patman. It really starts to take shape, obviously, with that second event out of six. And – you, David Gaston, Pravonizak, Bryant Smith, Hookup, Soakup, and Perkins, you guys have been absolutely trading blows, man. Oh, yeah. I know. It's We've been swapping spots there in the top five all year. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's so nerve-wracking because, like, coming into this event, you know, I was I would thought Soakup was just going to smash him. Me too. Know? Yeah, honestly. This, this is his home lake, and, you know, yeah, he, he's been kicked off of – uh, local tournaments for winning too much I'm yeah sure. you know so i was like oh he's gonna kill him but you know you just never know like you never know you know who's gonna catch him and who isn't and it's fishing it's tough oh I, there's yeah. no doubt about it dude it, and that's why I, and we talked about it on live a ton the guy that won AOI was going to deserve it. The, the 25 guys that made our inaugural championship, and we've seen those point standings change all year, up and down, up and down. I mean, you're, you're trying to be in that 25 out of 100 and something. Guys, and, man, it's no small feat when you go from Alabama to Texas, Florida, to a tough Tennessee River, a Lake Winnebago most of you guys have never seen, to finish on, right. on a tough grand a grand right. that some dudes got a lot of bites, but and, and a lot of we saw a lot of quality fish come across the scales this week. But a tough grand, and now going to Nick and Jack, man, have you? I know you've got some experience over there around Chattanooga, right? Like you've got family uh, in that part of the world. Do you know anything about Nick and Jack? Uh, no, I don't. I uh, I fish chick quite a bit. I fish pretty much every lake on the Tennessee River besides Watts Bar and Nick and Jack. And uh, you know, all I really know from Nick and Jack was. I fished an FLW Tour tournament as a co-ed for 10 years ago. And I drew Anthony Gagliardi. Okay. We ran down to Harrison Bay. We're fishing. You know, we're not too far from the lock there to Nick and Jack. And I just remember him telling me, if we could lock through, oh, he's like, it's on fire down there. And I'm like, really? And he's like, oh, 20 pounds, easy. You catch it so quick. And, you know, this was a long time ago, so I don't know if it's still that good. But, uh I don't know. I always remember that story of him telling me that. Uh, so I just, <laughs> I just hope, uh, I hope it's good. I'm excited. I hear there's grass there. So, I mean, I don't know. What else you, do I need? You're, you you're know? going to, uh, you're going to enjoy Nickajack. I'll just put it that way. I, I don't have any, I've got, I've been there literally three times in my life and uh, it, it's a beautiful lake. It's, in my opinion, it's one of the hidden gems on the Tennessee River. Now, that being said, November, October on the Tennessee River, like, it gets tough. It gets tough. Yeah. It gets tricky like everywhere else, right? I mean, it's the fall. It, it, transition exactly. period. Fish are moving around. But it is a very cool fishery, and I'm proud that we're going to expose it a little bit on MPFL Live. And I think you guys will have a really good time. Chattanooga is a cool city. Um, I can't wait for that one. Hopefully, going to get to be on site, commentating on site for that one again uh, for the championship and get to hang out with you guys at the dinner and banquet and uh, celebrate this damn first year, man. Uh, dude, can't thank yeah. you enough for coming on. Can't say how happy I am for you enough. It, it's you're, You are one of the most authentic guys I've ever been around. You are amazing at sharing the good word of fishing when you're on live. 
you'd like to talk about what you're doing. I've called you the fishing ninja all year because you get down low. <laughs> Sometimes you get to sneaking around. You're like a blue heron up there, man, sneaking around yeah. on them shallow fish, dude. But uh, I just really appreciate you, man, and, and I appreciate you being a part of the league because uh, it made it even more special this year. Man, thanks a lot, man. You're, you're great at what you do. Uh, I try not to watch the live too much after because it makes me second-guess myself, and that's yeah. never a good thing. But uh, last night, Landon put it on, and uh, I was watching, and I was like, damn, Luke is really good at this. He's, I do, come he's on. so good at like, I appreciate talking, that, the right things at the right time. Yeah, you're, you're good, man. Thank so, you, man. Uh, yeah. You know what, though? Being a, being a fish head, I wish I was a lot better uh, at fishing laydowns like Keith Carson, though. <laughs> but, hey, we all got – you got to get in where you fit in, man. That's what I say. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right, yeah. man. Well, yeah, Keith Carson, man, well, dude, you are, uh, you are the man. Maybe we can get together in a bass boat, maybe up on Chick or something, and, and film yeah. something before uh, that Nick and Jack championship. That'd be a good time. Or maybe go to upper end of Gunnersville or something and uh, get out on a boat together. That'd be a that'd be a day to damn remember with the Angler of the Year, Keith Carson. Be safe going back to Florida, brother, and uh, appreciate you. Awesome, thanks, Luke. Thanks, appreciate Keith. Right, safe, man. Keith Carson, your Progressive Angler of the Year, Progressive Insurance. There, Flo, she didn't show up. I was disappointed. That dude right there, gills, baby. He's got them gills. All right. The MPFL show continues. So one of the storylines for me coming into Grand, other than that Angler of the Year race, was who would take home our final regular season trophy. And, you know, we've learned a lot about it, uh, you know, a, a lot of our anglers this year. We've covered several different ones. We've had the opportunity of, of covering a lot of different guys this year. And I've had the opportunity to be at the events, get to know so many of these folks. I didn't know a lot like you you fishing fans and, and – uh, Sheldon Collings from Oklahoma. I fished the FLW Tour against him. Absolute stick. I mean, as naturally talented as any fisherman I've ever been around. He had He's had several close calls in major tournaments, including FLWs. Down at Seminole, had a chance to win, man. And, and you saw the emotion come out of him down there on live. It was one of my favorite live fishing days. He's smashing on Chatterbait. And he had an opportunity, to end up, and he ended up not winning that event down there. Uh, in 2019, it's had some close calls on Grand, but he calls Grand home, and we were all expecting big things out of Sheldon, and he did not disappoint. Starts our live stream with a five and a half pounder the first day, just dedicates it to Skeeter, Skeeter Fowler, and Donnie O'Neill's emotional moment for all of us. Leads day one with 19 pounds, comes in day two with 16 pounds. Got a three-pound lead going into yesterday. But Taylor Watkins from Tennessee. Taylor was Taylor was putting numbers up, man. Over 17 pounds, over 15 pounds on day two. He had a very specific pattern dialed in on these docks, and he had it dialed up. Three pounds out going into yesterday. Local favorite. You just had the feeling that Sheldon was going to be hard to beat. And then we did a morning interview with Taylor, and he was very just laid back in the saddle, man. Just and and I looked at five, I'm like, eh. And then he goes out and he blasts one over five before the storm gets there. Then he catches another good one. 
and then another, then the storm hits and he hunkers down in a dock. When the storm goes away, our live feed, it, the, the fishing was brutal with the guys we were covering. Weren't a ton of fish catches, and then Taylor picks another one off. Then he picks another one off. We go off at 1 o'clock. Comes in with 17 pounds yesterday. Sheldon Collings went out and did his job. He thought if he caught 10 to 13 pounds, he would have a chance. He caught 13 pounds. Just comes up short. Taylor Watkins, the champ. The stop six champ. Taylor Watkins from Tennessee finished fifth in the Progressive Angler of the Year race, and we're going to talk to him right now. He's driving home from Oklahoma as well. What's up, champ? What's up, champ? You you getting used to that yet, or are you still floating around a little bit? Don't wake me up, please. (laughs) Yeah, man. I'm there. I get it. I'm like that with the whole league, bro. The whole thing, the whole year. I'm like, don't pinch me. This is this is all crazy, man. Well, well first of all, dude, and I, I know I text you, but just congratulations. And I said yesterday morning, you sent me that text, and I want you to tell the story, and we'll get there. You sent me that text yesterday morning. I showed it to Fat Cat headed to the studio, and I said, brother, I'm going to tell you. They, I, Sheldon's local. Sheldon's got all the pressure on him. But Taylor has got this thing dialed up. We watched you on day two. You were so calm. You were confident. But then when you sent me that little story, I was like, I don't, man, I got a feeling today. And then you caught that big one. And I looked at Fat Cat when we went to commercial. I said, it's over. And he says, <laughs> he says, what? And I said, it's over. I said, he's going to win the tournament. He's like, come on, dude. Sheldon's a local, blah, blah, blah. I said, dude, I'm telling you. Then you caught like a three-pounder. I said, Next commercial break, I said, it's a wrap. It's like 9 in the morning. He goes, dude, come on. I said, I'm telling you, dude, because you had not caught a fish that big all week, right? Um, No, that <laughs> biggest one that I caught, that it was uh, 412. Is that what uh, that fish weighed, dude? I would have thought yeah, it weighed over yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I was I giving know. you hell on the live stream, man. <laughs> I know. That's Called you a liar. <laughs> I, was, I put it in as a 4.8, and it was 4.12. Dang. Like, I don't know what else to do. Dang it, man. Well, I apologize. Yeah. Dude, that thing looked like close to – it was so long. I was like, dude, that's like a uh, six. That, it was skinny. Okay. It was very okay. Skinny. Dang yeah. it. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's all good. But it, And I lost one the day before that. Uh, and and it was probably the same way, and I I I swore up and down it was a six pounder, but you know it was probably the same way. It was probably another you know four pounder like that, but uh, yeah, it, that was unbelievable. Whenever I whenever I I caught the first one, I caught the first one before live even started. So I I, I guess y'all saw that one. I don't know. I hadn't went back and watched yet, but I caught. Yeah, the I think first we replayed one. it. Yeah. Okay, and and I caught it on a different bait. It was the only one that I caught on a beaver all week. Okay, but I hadn't I hadn't thrown a beaver, but it was so dark and so like the light, like you couldn't see. And I was I was flipping a green pumpkin jig, and I'm like, man, they can't see this thing. Like they're not. It's not right. I had missed a couple. I missed one or two. So a quick change. I just put on a black and blue beaver, just something dark. And I was like, I'll flip this for a minute. And, I, I mean, I flipped it like ten times, and boom, you know, I caught one about two and three quarters. And then it finally got light enough, and I, I picked the jig back up and went, you know, caught that big one. Whenever I caught that big one, I'm like, dude, it's nine-something. <laughs> I, I, I haven't caught a bass, a keeper, before 1030 all week. Right? We know? had talked about that on live because yeah. day two we watched you. are like going down a bank, throwing a spinnerbait, and you said, yeah, I caught him yesterday afternoon. I'm Anything I pick up here is a bonus. Yeah, yeah. 
so you know yesterday morning was you know i was like yeah this this is gonna happen like i i felt very confident you know and 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 plus i didn't have any pressure you know like no doubt. Had all of the pressure you know like i had made the championship i didn't have pressure coming into this tournament right i I was I, I got on with Pug and those guys on the square table a couple weeks ago, you know, and they asked me, you know, well, how what do you feel about this tournament? I said, dude, I'm going to win it. Like, yeah, I don't have awesome, any other man. plans. Like, I I'm not zero, but I I'm going to win this thing. You know, that's how I'm going to fish. So that's what I did this week in practice and stuff. You know, I went out there specifically finding a, a pattern or a way to win. You know, so. Well, and it's and look, it's you're no stranger to success with us this year on MPFL because I mean, my goodness, fifth place in the Angler of the Year race is nothing to sneeze at, and you started inching your way up there. We started seeing that name in the top ten of the standings around Pickwick, and we covered you down there, and you started kind of getting the ball rolling. And we go to Winnebago, and you're inching up there, and I think you started this event in tenth, right? Yes, yeah. And then you jump up to fifth place, but you already had the championship made. So you're, you're cool as a cucumber there. But, dude, are you a – historically, are boat docks something that you, you like to fish? Is that something you seek out when we go places? Um, You know, used to I, – I used to not have a lot of confidence in boat docks. I grew up on the uh, Coosa River, so, right. like, grass. Grass was my deal, you know, on Coosa River and, and Gunnersville as well, you know, and then – and then moving to Tennessee, I moved to Tennessee about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, a, a, a really good friend of mine, and he's really become like a kind of a mentor, is uh, Shane Leinberger. And, yes, uh, good man. Shane, awesome. And Shane came out and spent about two days with me on Watts Bar uh, a couple weeks after a Bassmaster Open about three years ago. He finished like, I don't know, it, it, you know, 12th or so. He did really, really well. It was on Chickamauga, and he locked up to Watts Bar. Okay, and uh, and he was flipping the jig, and you know he he came over and and we spent a day or two in the boat together, and like he he taught me everything. Like you know he he's just like here's what I do, and this is how I do it. And I mean, he, he like spilt the beans. And he's a jig know, guru. Like, he's a Lake Norman. He, you better know what you're doing with it. That's right. And and I I, I dude, he opened my eyes to the potential of docks and and just the way that he fishes on is is different you know it, different than i've ever seen it may yeah. not be different to people on lake norman i don't know right right that but, that's killer man shane lineberger uh, so, shout out shane lineberger he's a good man yeah 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 so uh anyway he 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 did an amazing job showing me and i just took that technique and and i've applied it over the past couple of years and kind of perfected it as my own you know and 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 i I don't do things exactly the same way he does but uh you know it it really played to my hand this week uh that's not how i found those fish at all uh i found those fish with a topwater really and uh yes with a with a whopper plopper and i had four pounders coming out and there'd be three of them with it you know and I, i had the hooks bent in and they would just hammer it and so i did that the first morning I went through that entire area and there's four other guys in there and I went through that whole area and did not have a bite and I left, went and fished other stuff and at like at 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I didn't, I had one small keeper and I said, I know those fish are in there. I got to go in there and figure out how to catch them. 
and I had had I had gotten bites on the jig during the week, but in different areas, you know. And I, I finally picked up that jig and I started, I got a bite and then I got back there to the two magic docks, you know, and I skipped under that dock and I caught a four pounder. Then I got to the next dock and another one about three and three quarters. And I, I picked up the jig about halfway down through there. So I just turned right back around, went right back out. And it, by the time I made it out to the end, I had almost 17 pounds. You know? And uh, then came back to the boat ramp. I came back early and fished a little section of docks there in Wolf Creek, and I pulled up with a big one. So that was day one. Day two, uh, same kind of plan, you know, early, went down my stretch of docks. The fish had moved on those two special docks out to the end. They were actually on the pole. Hmm. They were on the, you know, like the beam that oh, goes yeah. across. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I skipped under it because it was cloudy, you know. And, right. And so the fish were suspended on the, that pole. And I, I could put that jig in there and swim it down through there. And I'd hit that pole where it hit that pole they'd eat it. Oh, yeah. And so uh, that's what I did. They, too, come back early again. And I lost a big one in Wolf Creek. So that's what gave me the idea of on yesterday morning just to go ahead and start there. You know, I'm like. There's big ones here. I just got to, you know, just put my head down and go down through here, and I'll probably catch a big one this morning, come back and catch another big one this afternoon. So that was kind of the plan. But so, so it, awesome, it worked man. out. <laughs> it did, it did, man. All right, I gotta, I gotta get you to tell the story for those folks that the low lifers that didn't get to tune into MPFL. And you text me this. We were asking, we were, we were cutting up, and and I'd never noticed you. With the the good old eagle claw hat hook, the hat pin that we we <laughs> see, and we never noticed it. And our producer in our ear says, "I wonder if that's kind of you know some kind of significance in our ear." And uh, our director Zach Visser and 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 Fat Cat's like, "Yeah, that that old bronze eagle claw would be good for throwing shad on." Like we we were cutting up, and then you text me and you said, "Hey, my wife said you guys were asking about the hook. Here's the deal. Tell tell this story because this gave me chills when I read it. It gave me chills when you caught a big one and then you talked about it on live. And that's when I looked at Fat Cat in the break and said, ball game. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so the Whopper Floppers, uh, I had two whenever I got there to practice of this particular one. And uh, – during practice, I actually busted the tail off of it with, on a cable oh. on one of them. So I was down to one. And I'm like, there's no way that this is going to last for three days. You know, like, there's no way I can make one Whopper Popper last for three days. Or, or Chopo. It wasn't a Whopper Popper. It was mm-hmm. Chopo. And uh, so, I actually, I, I don't want to put uh, my buddy down, but I called Matt McKee at McKee Outdoors and uh, I said, Matt, I need some uh, 105 Chopos. He's like, what colors do you need? I was like, this one, this one, this one. I said, you got any of the big ones, the one uh, 120s? And he's like, yeah. I said, well, send me some of those too. And he's like, well, you want next day air? I said, yeah. So $50 to next day air. Oh, oh, yeah. Shipping's crazy right now. Yeah. So he drops in next day air. Uh, they come to the campground. We get them. My wife's like, I'm going to open up and look at them. And I'm like, ah, you know, don't worry about it. Just we'll throw them in the boat. She's like, no, I'm going to open them up and see what you got. She opens them up with evergreen shadow blows. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> and he and I called him. He goes, oh, my gosh. He said, I could have swore you said shadow blow. Oh. I said, no, I said chopo. <laughs> <laughs> 
so so we he must uh, have been on tiktok or something man when you called him he was he was looking at tiktok he was looking at dances or something (laughs) and so uh so we um we so i i start hunting around and i went to several different places and uh anyway i ended up i ended up going to uh to grand lake sports center uh i actually called around to a hundred different places i guess and uh bass pro had them but bass pro was like an hour and 30 minutes away Mm -hmm. and i'm like gosh man i don't want to spend my whole day you know driving all around looking for these things or whatever we're going by and my wife says oh there's a place right there and i saw some crappie stuff in the window and i'm like well we'll look we'll stop in there i said i I said they probably don't have anything and i pulled in there and i walked in and uh sam was in there and he's and he said, if I ain't help find anything, let me know. I said, you got any Berkeley Chapos? He just kind of looked at me. He goes, let's walk down here. We walk down there, you know, and uh, he walks down a couple aisles. And he walks there. He said, you talking about these? And he had a whole aisle of them. Oh, I God. mean, yeah, just He, he did field. have them. He did. He don't yeah. now after that plug. No. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. So, I, well, I'll punch so I said, uh, I said, you know, I said, you saved me from having to drive Bass Pro Shops. So I'm going to buy a few extra. So I bought $200 worth of Chapos from this <laughs> That's guy. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and I put, he put them in the bag or whatever, you know, and uh, we get to telling stories. And he gets to telling me stories. This, uh, so that shop has been there for 75 years. They have been open for 75 years, and he's seen Bassmaster Classics. He's seen Bassmaster Elites. He's seen he's seen it all. And he starts telling me stories about Cliff Pace coming in and, and buying a jig, you know, and looking for this particular jig and then going and winning the Bassmaster Classic, you know, and, 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 you know, different, just all kinds of different stories like that, you know. And we're cutting up and having a good time or whatnot. And he looks at me, he's like, you know, I get ready to leave, and I'm like, I don't, you know, hey, we're, we're about to head out or whatever. And he looks at me, he goes, man, he said, I got a good feeling about you this week. And I said, yeah. And he said, I got something for you. And he goes around behind the counter, and he pulls that fish hook out, and he said, come over here. And I leaned over, and he slid that fish hook on my hat, and he said, that's going to be your lucky fish hook this week. And I said, you think so? And he said, but you got to make me a promise. And I said, what is that? And he said, Whenever you win, you got to bring that trophy in here and set it on my counter and sign a shirt for me and sign something where I can hang it up. And I said, deal. So this morning, we went over to the shop and I sat that big old shield on his. On That's his awesome, dude. I got chills, man. Head. I got freaking chills. He was so happy. I mean, we took pictures. There was two kids come in. They were wearing their NPFL hats, you know. That's they come awesome. In, they were like, we we want our lucky fish hooks. So he oh, got dude, that's killer! Oh, it was awesome, man. We took pictures and had a big time this morning. It was it dude, was so cool. I, that makes that just that that makes me smile, dude. That is uh, that is what turned the our little world, the fishing world, the tournament world, dude. That's that's just the good stuff. That's what makes it, it so special, man. And. When you text me that story, dude, I had chills yesterday when I did again when you're telling it, and then to finish it up, you you go back and and uh, make good on your word, man. That's that's impressive. Shout out Sam. Yeah. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been in there many times when I've been to Grand, and 
It's a Grand Lake staple, man. You're in him putting that on your hat. That's like he he knighted you. <laughs> he yeah, was he was it. making you. Yeah. That's it, man. That's so cool, man. Uh, I bet all the other dudes listening to this from the MPFL are like, damn, thanks a lot, Sam. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Where was our fish hooks? <laughs> yeah, should have gone did. and got you some chapos that Taylor didn't need to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. I didn't even weigh in a keeper on chapos. I heard you say I, that yesterday. That's interesting. I, Oh my gosh! But which you know, it's all good. You never know. But uh, hey, I, I tell you what, I do. I do need some more jigs though. From uh, uh, it's Biz Baits now, but Biz Baits? I, yeah, Biz Baits. Uh, it it was True South Custom Lures. Yeah, and they have merged with uh, with Biz Baits. So if y'all want some jigs, you can go to uh, BizBaits.com, and it's a fathead jig. It was a green pumpkin and brown. So nice. yeah, with a. Uh, it was a reaction elevations uh, uh, spicy beaver on the back. Yeah, that that's a that's a heck of a trailer, man. A lot of a lot of folks oh, yeah. started throwing that on a swim jig a lot, and I guess you had a lot of a lot of action with those flapping claws, man. That's yeah. uh, that's that's dude, that story, man. That is, uh, I said this event with what happened with you there taking down, it's like taking down Sheldon on the home lake, you know. Because Sheldon called him yesterday. His weights were oh, dropping yeah. every day. Yours dropped a little bit. You know, you lost one, you're saying there, but you had 17, then you had 15, he has 19, then he has 16. So his weights were going down. Yesterday he catches 13, and he felt like at the dock yesterday, he's like, if I catch 10 to 13, I, I'll, I think that I will have done my job. And, dude, you just went out and, and outworked him, outfished him that day. I mean, just it, it's awesome, man. He uh, – it, I shouldn't say outward. Sheldon was running around yeah. like a chicken with his head caught off, busting butt. I'm sure it didn't look like it. I'm just where I'm flinging a jig around. Yeah, well, and he oh, he just – that's that – well, that's that local thing too, right? Like we're watching Sheldon. We have the luxury of seeing all 10 cameras. So a lot of times yeah. the camera's in the floor because Sheldon's going over here to check this and he's going over here to check that. And you could tell it was a little tougher day on him early because he had he had, had a limit in the box both days pretty quick. So when he was sitting on like two early, you knew, you know, and he, when the rain came in, he made a comment. He said, I don't want, this is not going to be good. Like, this is not going to be good for what I'm doing. Um, but then we saw him, you know, he was still confident and, and, uh, and Sheldon, man, he is, he is one of our most talented anglers out there. And I think you would agree with that. He is, he's a stick. So you had to take him down. It was one of the coolest stories to see you win on his home lake. I mean, he's freaking—he slept in his own bed, bro. He slept in his own Man. bed every night. And then for the Keith Carson to win Angler of the Year, the way it all went down, just such a – it was one of the most interesting events in pro fishing this year, in my opinion. But we got one left, and I got to ask you about that. Nick and Jack, I know you're a Coosa River guy, but now you're an East Tennessee boy. You're over there in Clinton, Tennessee – in that neck of the woods. Do you fish Nickajack that much? I've only been to Nickajack one time. Okay. But it's the Tennessee River, man. I I, I grew up, I actually lived, so I graduated from the same high school as Gerald Swindle. Okay, there in so, Hayden. Yeah. Or well, Warrior. At Locust Fork. Locust, Locust Fork. Fork, that's right. Yeah. Locust and, Fork. Uh, so right there with, with D.C. and all of them, you that's know, right. I grew up right there. And uh, so Gunnersville, man, I fished Gunnersville a ton, you know, and and Nick and Jack and Gunnersville are are kind of similar, you yes. know. I mean, they're they're not exactly the same, but it's got some of the same features and whatnot. 
but it also has that river system up there. Yep. And 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 I I just got to figure out which one's going to play. You know, is it going to be the river? And I also got to figure out how many smallmouth we can lay in because I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not I don't sure. Know yeah, I'm not sure one, what the regulation is that time. I'm not sure if it's one or if we can weigh five. I don't know. I think but maybe I five, but I'm not sure. I know that's a weird deal in Tennessee sometimes on different yeah. bodies of water. Yeah, yeah. So I, I need to do some research on that and and figure that out. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Even before I even knew where we were going, I've been telling my wife and all my family and stuff. You know, they're like, oh, you know, we had talked about it or to get brought up, and I'm like. Y'all, y'all don't worry. I'm, I'm going to win the championship. That's so, awesome, dude. You know, like that, that, my whole season has been make the championship. You know, I don't care where it's at. I want to be there because that way I can, we can, you can just let it all hang out. That's right. And, and go for it, you know. And that's what I did this week, you know. So I'm excited for that one. Uh, it's also uh, one of my favorite things to do is fish grass. Like I absolutely love fishing grass, and so that very well could play it at Nick and Jack, and uh, I'm I'm excited about that. You guys uh, should have plenty of grass, I would say. Yeah, I think Nick and Jack's a hidden gem on the Tennessee River. I've said that uh, several times, and and I've not been there, you know, two or three times maybe, but it's a beautiful man down in those in in that valley between oh, those man, the it's, mountains oh it's yeah. beautiful man we ought to hit it at time that the leaves ought to be changing it'll be a heck of a venue to host our first ever championship and chattanooga is a cool city too so it'll it be uh it'll be a good time i am fingers crossed that we're going to broadcast from there so i can hang with you guys and uh yeah. and shake every one of your freaking hands for not only fishing with us man and, and i say us i'm just uh I'm just the guy that runs his mouth. But I've been, dude, I, since you follow, I've been so proud to be a part of the league. And I was before the first event, but seeing all you guys and how proud you were to be a part of it. And and it was like a brotherhood and us against the fishing industry to a certain degree because a lot of people didn't give us any chance. They didn't. They, they're like, oh, it's this, it's that. These guys are nobody. I mean, we, you, you've seen it. You've heard it. Oh, it's an easy trail. It's this, it's that. Let me tell you something. It's one of the, yeah, let me tell you something. Yeah. Anybody that sits at home in their mom's basement and types that on the internet, the easiest trail to do good in is the MPFL. They need to come get them a dose, don't they? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, even like everybody was predicting the weights this week, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be 40 something pounds or something, you know? I had whatever, well, I don't even know what 50 I had. something. 50, yeah, in the 50, 50s. 50 pounds, three ounces or yeah. something. Yeah. And lost a six pounder and a three pounder, <laughs> you know, right. or a five pounder and a three pounder. Like, and there's no telling what other guys, you know, lost. Oh, there was a lot had, of it. Yeah. You know, it was just because of the way it was fishing and stuff, you were having to, you know, get behind the docks and get in the dirty stuff. Place, you know, nobody expected it to show out the way it did, but I don't even know that it showed out the way it did. I think it was the quality of anglers that was on that body of water. I, I agree, man. You know, and, but listen, every, the locals talk about how tough it is. Oh, oh it's yeah. Tough, it's tough. It's tough. You know, and, and then our guys show up and go out there and blast them. Yeah, you, you know, like. Yeah, you guys killed time. it. And dude, yeah, that's what I was going to say. All events, all year long, the check weight has been higher than I predicted at every event. And I don't know what it ended up being at Grand. It was a little stingy around the check range. Yeah, yeah. Um, but top end weights have been higher every single time than I, than I could have ever predicted. And 
dude, and I get to, you know, you guys are out there focused up on what you're doing. It's like you texted me yesterday. You said, I'm going to do what I do. Go do what you do. And it was awesome. And what I do is I get to watch the game unfold. I'm on Way Live Tracker app all day long. And Bubba, if you're not bringing it, your butt's sliding backwards in the standings. Like, it's, it's interesting to watch the, the, you know, the ebb and flow of those standings all day, every day, all year, and the Angler of the Year standings. So, and it's, it's going to get even more competitive next year. You know, we didn't have a full field. Oh, yeah. We started with 115. We will have 125 next year. We got guys coming in, um, a few new guys, going to be some new faces mixing it up. Uh, and 2022, man, it's not going to get any easier. No, I, I'm so excited for that. Like, I, I don't – there's people say it. I don't know. Some people say, oh, there's going to be guys that aren't happy about it. I haven't personally talked to anybody that's not happy about it. Like, whenever I say that I fish as a professional, that's, I want to fish against professionals. Bam, there like, it is. There it is, there, man. That's and, right. And if I if I get – I don't care if, if there's 125 anglers and I finish – 124th and i know this is never ever going to happen in the history of the world but greg hackney happens to finish 25th and i beat him i'm going to be excited that's right like, that's right <laughs> you man. know yeah but i'm just saying like you no know, like, I, yeah th- those to type guys to be on the water beside him is going to be phenomenal for me you know and and those type guys and and to put myself like i i, I feel like i've proven that Hey, I can compete at this level. No doubt. And I want to prove to myself and everybody else that I can compete at the next level. That's you know? right. And and so and that's just another stepping stone is all that is. No doubt. And if about I get it. my teeth kicked in for two years, I'll be back again the third year to get better. Uh, that's what I've done my whole life. You cool. know, so I started out at 16, getting my teeth kicked in by locals on the Coosa River. And then, you know, I got to where I was getting a check every time. Then I went to Coastas and I got my teeth kicked in for two years, you know, and then I started cutting checks. And then I went, you know, and just kept moving up. And that's what you got to do, you know. No doubt, man. And And you have certainly shown this year, man, like so many of our guys, you belong. We have enjoyed covering you. You're great on camera. You talked about your family. You told so many great stories. You're breaking down what you're doing, and uh, you belong in the sport of bass fishing, brother. I, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I absolutely uh, – I'm proud for you. I'm proud of you, and uh, I, I'm glad to get to know you a little bit better this year out there on the MPFL. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all doing what you do. And real quick, uh, right before we got on, uh, I know John Cox's wife uh, – said something earlier in the year something about uh luke luke dudley or yeah something. she gets us mixed up but sometimes she, <laughs> she said fat donkey uh, fat hey listen i represent that comment i represent that comment that's fine there's a reason <laughs> i try to run four you, miles a day <laughs> she said are you gonna get to talk to fat duncan i mean luke duncan. you wait till i see Lindsay. <laughs> You wait till I see Lindsay again. No, this this is Noel. Oh Noel! Like oh Noel! Yeah, Noel. No, Lindsay did it earlier. Remember? Yeah, it was Lindsay. Uh, no, it was, it was yeah, your wife. Oh, I thought you meant Cox's wife did it again. My no, bad. My, my bad. Your my wife, wife did. Noel, you're on my list. You're on my list. Oh yeah. me, yeah, yeah, I was confused. She, Sorry. She, 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 um, you get to talk to Fat Duncan. That's I was like, so. Luke Duncan. Oh, listen. Hey, I, I, 
I'm comfortable being the fall, fat bald guy. Listen, I, I'm I'm, uh, I'm there. I'm living that dad life these days. So that that's awesome, man. I I do want to say, man, uh, you guys again being out there, family events, your wife travels with you. It, it's it's been really cool to see, man. So shout out to her too for for being supportive. Your mom, you mentioned your mom yesterday comes to a lot of the events it's so awesome man everyone awesome man everyone so So. cool man that's uh makes makes me smile i had one of those that like to be at those fishing events every time i had one as well so um super cool to see man super cool that that story yesterday got to me a little bit on on live not gonna lie that was uh it's awesome to hear man it's awesome to hear all all my friends and texting calling me like man i'm crying so yeah man it was a lot i said you think you're crying (laughs) (laughs) i I, I can't hold it back man i'm i'm full you know i mean i i stay i try to keep an even keel like i don't let the highs get me too high i don't let the lows get me too low like if you, I don't know, I, I know you follow me a little bit. Yeah, man. Dude, uh, the, the, on the way out here was like a nightmare. Like yeah. I had everything that could I, happen happen. I saw. You know? And it, it was crazy. Like, I got to Grand Lake in the first first two hours of practice, I spent rigging tackle. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, where I'm on my way home right now and I'll be at work at, you know, seven o'clock. That's in the, morning, the thing about you know? most pro fishermen and, that people don't realize. Yeah, and and so I hadn't had time to rig tackle. I hadn't had time to get ready for Grand Lake. I literally dumped my boat in and started rigging rods and putting line on and all of that stuff, you know, just because, I mean, we got there at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock on Saturday night, and I had planned on getting there at like, you know, noon on Saturday, but, you know, it, it's just part of it. But I, I don't let those things affect me, and I just, you know, try to keep it even keel and just put it all in God's hands. And that's all I can do. You know, like, Hey, this is up to you. And whenever it's my time, it's my time. And I'm here along for the ride. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate y'all and I appreciate the MPFL. I appreciate everybody, you know, them giving people like me a chance, you know, and, and having a place to go and a place to compete. So That's, that's, that's what it's about, brother. That's what it's about. And we, We've got to see you, man. We got to see you grow as an angler this year and get more and more consistent. And then you took home that last shield of the year, the regular season shield. And I hope you get you one more over there at Nickajack. That'd be awesome. I'd love to be the first to go back to back on something. I know there's lots, lots of them that's been close, but I'd like to be the first one. And then there's nothing that would be more special than being the inaugural oh, you know, championship, you know, winner. That that would be. That that's the biggest thing for me, you know. I mean, it's it, it's cool enough to be part of the inaugural season and and be a winner in the inaugural season, but to win that championship, that you know, that'd be talked about forever. Yeah, it's something we'll never forget, man. Twenty twenty one, it's been a ride. It has been a yeah. ride. You be safe, brother. Headed back on your ride back to Tennessee, and I will. Uh, I'll see you in Chattanooga. Yes, sir. I'll see you, hey, Taylor. Real quick, plug your – I know you're you're on Instagram. You do a great job on there breaking down what you're doing and showing your life, which is why we're all on social media to see that behind the scenes. But plug your Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever you want. Let let the low lifers hear it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be sure and go follow me. Uh, it's uh, TDW Fishing on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Lowercase letters on Instagram, uh, uppercase on uh, Facebook. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I – Man, wherever I started this deal, 
had uh, one sponsor that gave me a little bit of money to go get started, you know, and he's like, here's a little bit to go get started. And my boss said, you can, you know, you can still work and, and go do this. So I knew I wasn't going to lose my house. I wasn't going to lose my, you know, my, my truck and all that. And, you know, so that allowed me to go get started. But dude, I didn't know what I was going to do if I didn't cut checks. Like if I didn't cut checks, I was done. I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. And so for this season to go the way that it's went, has just been unbelievable. And after that first event, uh, Deer Deck Marine Products reached out to me. It's uh, Russ Brenner. I got to give him a huge shout out. And he reached out and he said, I want to be a part of you and I want to be a part of the NPFL. Heck yeah, uh, man. You know, so, and and he's he's helped me out, you know, some along the way. And then, and it's progressively growing, you know, I mean, and, and I just, I hope that, you know, we, we just keep growing as a league and I can keep growing as an angler and, and I appreciate everybody that listens. I appreciate everybody that watches all the people that reached out to me on Instagram, on Facebook, text message, called. I mean, it's been unbelievable at all the people that reached out to me and I appreciate every single one of you and, uh, I'll keep sending them and I'll keep replying. <laughs> I awesome. mean, I love it. I love it, dude. It's so cool. My, my wife, she's enjoyed this so much. You know, she's just been like, this is, this is the best thing that's happened to us. She's like, I've never, people walk up to me and go, Oh, you're Taylor's wife, you know? And she's like, it just makes me smile. So it, that's, it's so that's much fun. good, man. That's, but, that is, uh, that's that fishing family. We talk about it a lot. It's what MPFL is about. And, and, uh, I'm I'm proud I get to be a part of that family with guys like you and your wife, even though she called me Fat Luke. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good, uh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, low lifers, Taylor Watkins, he's going to be around this fishing thing for a long time to come. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, brother. Be you, safe. Buddy. Taylor Watkins right there, man. I, I'm telling you, if you don't, Golly, man, I love stories like that. I love, I love what I get to do because of guys like Taylor Watkins, because of guys like Keith Carson, because I am obsessed with bass fishing like they are. I am proud to be a part of the National Professional Fishing League and the entire fishing community, the professional fishing community, man. It's just a you know what each other go, you know, you know what those guys are going through. You know the struggles. You know what those highs feel like. You know what those lows feel like. You know the struggle of being out there on the road away from family, the blowouts, the mechanical issues, the late nights, the early mornings, the crazy weather, all of it, man. It, it, I, I know it. I've lived it. And it's just, uh, it, it's, for me, other than music, other than family, like I've got a lot of things I enjoy doing, but Fishing's life, man. Fishing's life. And I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for each and every one of you tuning in, the low lifers, for listening, for watching. I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm going to take you out today, like always, with a little bit of Biloxi Blues, a song about getting the hell out of Mississippi. And uh, we'll see y'all next week. Be sure to hug your mama. Got the Bassmaster open. Wish me luck. Well, I'll talk to y'all next week. It's either going to be good or bad. <laughs> one thing's for sure. One thing's for sure. If the fishing's a little tough, we ain't going to go home. We're going to stick it out, see how it shakes out. 225 of us obsessed bass heads are going to hit Smith Lake and that Bassmaster Central Open. 
I'll see y'all next time. I never could make it last. Spanish moss or Civil War ghosts. Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows. I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name. And I don't care, no. and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there